you know, 19, 20 year old Tony, when looking for a guy only knows what it is like to be connected through trauma to another person intimately only knows that love looks like yelling, screaming, hashing it out and staying together no matter what. That's all that I knew. And it wasn't until I got people around me who was like, no, sis, <laughs> this is unhealthy to where I think I, I finally got in a conscious realm to say, oh, all right, what can I do to fix these things? Mm. But before it was just regular, normal life. Well, you just get cursed out. It just is what it is. Welcome to Business with Purpose. I'm your host, Molly Stillman of Still Being Molly. And this show is all about bringing you the stories behind the brands, companies, and small businesses that are changing the world. Each week, I interview an entrepreneur, a CEO, nonprofit director, community leader, or just an incredible person who is trying to make a positive impact, not only with their personal life, but also with their career. My goal is to show you that no matter what you do for a living, you can make an impact wherever you are. My guest this week is Tony Collier, the founder of an international women's ministry called Broken Crayons Still Color, which helps women process through brokenness and get to hope. She serves alongside her husband, Sam, who is the lead pastor of Hillsong Atlanta. She's a speaker, host, and consultant that has helped organizations with creative marketing, leadership, student ministry, and strategic planning. Tony is teaching people all over the globe that you can be broken and worthy and unqualified and still called to do great things. She doesn't want you to just face your demons. She wants you to quash the illusion of your brokenness so you can live the most colorful life possible on and off stage. Buckle up, y'all. This conversation that I had with Tony was incredible. There may have been some tears. We laughed really hard. Uh, I decided that she's my new BFF. It was one of the most phenomenal conversations I have had in a very long time. We get deep and we get deep quick. And it is just the kind of conversation that I know you're going to be thinking about for hours, days, weeks, months to come. It is going to bless your socks off. But before I get to my conversation with Tony, I want to thank one of our partners of the show, and that is Demet. And I love Damas so much that I actually have the founder, Julie Billingham, here with me to share a little bit more about why this ethical brand is so incredible. Julie? Oh, Molly, thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor to partner with you and to be a part of this community that you've built. I mean, Demay is a sustainable footwear and fashion brand, and we have the steadfast commitment to creating authentic fashion and fashion accessories. And it's really our great honor to produce things that matter. And our Haitian craftsmen and women really take such pride in each handbag we make, each pair of sandals that we assemble. And um, we just love what we do so much, and we are proud proud to craft, you know, and so thanks for having us. Absolutely. And for those of you who want to check out Demet, you can do so online at D-E-U-X-M-A-I-N-S dot com. And you can use the promo code Molly and that will get you a 15% off your purchase. Now on to my conversation with Tony Collier. I am beyond excited right now because I have what I'm I realize we've been speaking for like four minutes prior to me hitting record just now. Um, but I I'm, have now dubbed you my new best friend. So hi, new best friend, Tony. Hey. 
We made it. We made it. Um, I'm <laughs> so excited to have you here. I am such a huge fan of yours. The way that you just live your life uh, on fire for the Lord Jesus, and you do it with fun. And you are just, you know, sometimes, have you ever met what I like to call a cranky Christian? Oh, yes, I have. You know, we some cranky church, Christians. So we know about where, the cranky Christians. Where sometimes you just go, do you have the Lord in your heart? <laughs> is he alive and well in there? Is he alive is and well in there? Up? Right. Um, and you are just not that. And I just love it. And you are. And I, yeah. Anyway. Um, and as I shared with you in my email, and I, we're going to get into this, like there's a lot of your story that I really connect with and really resonate with. And I think so many people do because what you are doing with your ministry and with Broken Crayon Still Color um, is taking that blanket off of the shame spiral and the things that we feel like we need to hide about ourselves. And we're just being like, you know what? This mess, not to like use the cliche, cliche, but this mess is part of my message. Um, and so, Tony, give us the Tony 101. So, tell us who you are, what you do, how you got to where you are today. Who you are, what you do, how you got there. I love <laughs> it. Um, well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on. I'm so grateful. I'm so excited. I literally wake up every morning and I'm like, Lord, don't let me mess this up because I am crazy. It just is what it is. And, and so, all of this is just an honor and a privilege every time. So I'm super grateful. Um, I'm originally from Houston, Texas, baby. Best state in the world, Texas, pride. Um, I have lived in Atlanta for 12 years, though. So at some point, I do have to claim it. It just is what it is. Um, But I grew up in a really, really hard environment when I was young. My dad was verbally abusive. My mom was very sick growing up, took care of her since I was eight. So grew up super fast and missed on a lot of childhood and nurturing and all the things. And so at 13, lost my virginity, started drinking alcohol, doing drugs, trying to numb all that pinned up pain and abandonment and betrayal in so many ways. Went through so much trauma, man. Sexual manipulation and abuse, substance abuse, bulimia. Um, Left my parents' house at 16 because I thought I was grown. Hello, somebody. Mm. Didn't have like the traditional, like I was 12 at camp when I got saved type thing. Like, nope, your girl was partying, twerking in the club, all the things. But did put myself through college. Um, Ended up graduating college at 19. I was supposed to go to law school, but all of my insecurity rose up and I got with a guy. And we dated for three months and I was like, I'm going to move with you and we're going to get married. It's going to be great. So 19 years old, moved from Texas to Georgia and ended up getting in another just toxic, abusive situation, got married. All the things happened there, ended up getting pregnant with my sweet girl. But during that whole time, I I finally got saved at 21 and I jumped into ministry and became a youth pastor. God started redeeming my life. Um, realized that the the marriage I was in was unsafe and super toxic. So got a divorce, transitioned out, thought that my whole ministry career was over. And the Lord was like, nope, I can use your crazy behind to hop back into ministry. Got with North Point Ministries. My life totally changed. And I just got to a point where I'm like, man, if the Lord can use my crazy behind, Hmm. what would it look like for me to try to remind other women that he can use them too. Um, broken stories, messy stories, trauma, abuse, anxiety, depression, all the things God can still use. And so create a broken crayon, still color. 
women's ministry. We have a blog and a Facebook group, and we have this really cool women's course that we do with about 50 to 60 women for eight months. We walk through trauma, pain, anxiety, all of that, get on the other side to hope. Um, I get to stand alongside my husband, Sam Collier, as he leads Hillsong Atlanta. Brand new church plant, baby. Yes. Um, I know it's crazy. We don't even know what we're doing. It's amazing. (laughs) Um, God's doing a great thing, I tell you. Uh, But my husband's doing just such a great job, a phenomenal job at leading that and and writing my first book. So starting on my first book. And so that's kind of who I am, what I do. Got a little girl. She crazy. Okay. Her (laughs) name is Dylan. She's strong-willed blessing. She wild. Okay. So yeah, just leading this ministry, doing my thing. Tony, Tony. Oh, so good. Yeah. I love how honestly and just upfront, you're like, look, here is my stuff. And (laughs) yes. And so obviously, like one of the reasons that I wanted to have you on is because my my passion comes from just showing people that they were created on purpose with a purpose for a purpose. And it does not matter what you do in your life, you can make a difference in whatever sphere God has placed you. And you use this really difficult background that is just, it's like the ignition on a fire. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yes. And um, I I also, I didn't become a Christian until 25. And, um, best friends. Yes, basically. And also like not to just, I mean, I did not, I didn't grow up with a a toxic father, but my mom got sick when I was seven. And so I also like was just growing up super fast. And, you know, with my story, it wasn't necessarily drugs and alcohol. It was shopping, spending money, which is like, Uh I always tell people, I'm always like, that doesn't sound as like sexy, but it's equally as numbing. It's equally as damaging and something that we just don't, I think we don't talk about. And so whatever it is, when we guess what newsflash, spoiler alert, if you're (laughs) listening, you're going to go through something hard in life. It's just like basically a guarantee, right? But so often, so many of us, especially for those of us that have experienced trauma as young people, not to yeah. like, that sounds like real old curmudgeon where I'm like, that was young what people. Those little uh, gen young, Zers. Those young whippersnappers. Um, <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Uh, it's true. Uh, but like as young people, like when when you go through something really hard and you don't necessarily have the tools and the resources to know you know what I should do? I should probably go to counseling. <gasps> should probably get a little help here. I should process. probably seek assistance. Um, and instead, <gasps> we go towards what the world has told us will fix our problems, whether that is through sex, alcohol, drugs, yeah. money, gambling. I mean, name any amount of potential things that could numb the pain. And yeah. so... Um, All of that to say is that, like I said, you know, even though our stories are different, there are so many parts of your story that I'm like, oh, I see myself in that. And I guarantee you that there are people listening that also have that same feeling. And so when you were processing all of this as a, which by the way, I just have to say to you, the fact that amongst all of that, you graduated high school at 16 and then graduated college at 19. Like you still had some of your, you know what, together. Like, (laughs) Like, I know. That's that amazing. did actually happen. It's that, but it's that double life. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about it here in a moment. Ooh, Come on, Ooh, the double life. Mm-hmm. Stay tuned. Um, but yeah, so when you were going through that and you were processing all of that, 
Yeah. Was it a conscious decision? Was it a conscious, uh, I guess, yeah, a conscious moment of like, this is really hard and I don't want to deal with this in a productive or constructive way. So I'm going to turn to these other things. Or was it just more of a natural like, oh, this looks like a quick Band-Aid? Yeah. You know, what's interesting is I I remember sitting in my counseling office asking this question like, man, why did I run to so many things that weren't healthy? Mm -hmm. Like what, like when I looked over my life and I finally got in counseling at 25, I was like, dang, you know, when they do that little um, exercise where they map out all of your life and you're like (laughs) putting this big old canvas. And I'm just like, sis, what were you doing, baby girl? Why Mm -hmm. why did you run to so many things? Mm -hmm. And at the time I had a Christian counselor and I remember her saying, well, number one, children, adolescent, youth, we quite literally do the best we can to survive. Mm. We are not developed in a way that says, well, the most strategic thing, the most efficient and effective thing for us to do is this, this, and that. No, we do the best that we can to make it through or we give up. Mm. And then I remember her saying, do you not know that you have an unseen enemy who is going to target you in every single way possible in the ways that will make you feel like you are healthy and you're processing through in a good way and you're making it through to only further damage your calling, your light, your health, et cetera, et cetera. And I just remember looking back on my life and as an adult regretting so many decisions I made. But in that moment, as she was processing with me, reminding me that that I was doing the best that I could and reminding me that I had an unseen enemy Mm. who's going to try to throw all the bad things at you. I look back and I, and I said, man, I really was doing the best I could. I really got offered alcohol in a moment where I was highly anxious about losing my mom. And it was the only thing that could calm my nerves to make me stop thinking about suicidal thoughts, to, to help me not give up in that moment. And I was doing the best that I quite possibly could with no resources, with no adults around me, with no help. And I I would say also the relationships, getting into toxic relationships, we attach ourselves to the things that are familiar, good or bad. Mm. We just do. And when I think about an abusive father, I'm like, yeah, little Tony was abused. And so then, you know, 19, 20 year old Tony, when looking for a guy only knows what it is like to be connected through trauma to another person intimately only knows that love looks like yelling, screaming, hashing it out and staying together no matter what. That's all that I knew. And it wasn't until I got people around me who was like, no, sis, (laughs) this is unhealthy to where I think I, I finally got in a conscious realm to say, oh, all right, what can I do to fix these things? Mm. But before it was just regular, normal life. Well, you just get cursed out. It just is what it is, you know? So, you yeah. Man, you know, it's funny as you were talking and you, and I love that the visual of like when you're with your counselor and they're like mapping out the history of your life. Oh. I've, I've done that exercise before too. And it's like both empowering and also like real depressing sometimes. Right. She's like, are you okay? Yeah. I was like, well, I don't know, girl. What you mean? She's like, yeah, you've been through a lot. Like, yeah. And it almost, it, and I don't know the answer to this. And I don't know if you have it. I don't, I don't have it. I know the Lord's got it. But I just think about there are so many young girls and boys who are in situations like yeah. what we went through. And yeah. they have the wonderful added benefit of social media 
that we yeah. didn't, I mean, I don't know if oh. it wasn't around when I was little. Um, nope. And so I just, I think about that all the time. Like what my experiences would have been like had I also had social media, like how toxic and dangerous that would have been and how, um, and so I'm just like, I wonder like, what is it that we as a society can do, as women can do, as the church can do to better partner with yeah. those kids and be like, when we see a kid who maybe looks or reminds us a little bit of us to say, hey, yeah, <laughs> I would love to take you to lunch. Yeah. And Gosh. I would, you know, and not explicitly be like, I would love to mentor you because that will scare a 15 year old. Right yeah, they're out. out. Right they're out. Doing it. They'll be like, nah, dog. I'm out. <laughs> um, I don't know. And, and like I said, I'm kind of thinking out loud here, but it's just like great. I love that. I think it's just something that something that I think the church needs to probably do a better job of. Yeah. Well, I think at the end of the day, if we are really going to claim image bearer, mm-hmm. we better like actually claim the whole thing. And the whole thing, as we saw in John 8, when Jesus was with the woman who had committed adultery and no one threw a stone and all the different things, he was all grace, all truth, all the time. He gave her grace and forgave her for what she had done, but he explicitly said, go and sin no more and put that truth bearer barrier in there. And that's who he was consistently over and over again. I I think to touch on social media, it ain't going nowhere. We know that. But what can what's our responsibility on social media? Well, when I think about growing up as a little girl, heck, if I was following Beth Moore, Joyce Meyer, Priscilla Shire, all of those great women of God, maybe I would have recognized mm-hmm. that the way I was being treated and the things that I was doing wasn't actually good for me. Right. I think we have to be truth bearers, image bearers, light bearers, grace bearers. And we got to put that stuff out in the world. There is enough content out in the world to turn a whole generation to damnation. Yep. We need to be the ones responsible enough to put content, make ourselves present and reachable, touchable in every way as much as we can to put truth out into the world, light out into the world, corrective behavior out into the world. No, that's wrong. This is the way when back it up with scripture and truth and actual like, you know, facts and information. I think our responsibility now is to make sure that when we open our mouths, we are reminding people of a God that loves them and is for them and reminding them of toxic behaviors and traits, red flags in people that that's not good. Like what's a trauma bond? Let me tell you what a trauma bond is, sweet girl. It's when you and another little boo-boo to fool out here are are only together because you comfort each other's traumatic wounds, but you don't actually help each other heal. Mm. Trauma bond. Okay. Are you in a trauma bond in your relationship? Look at it. Here's some red flags. I think we got to, we got to take our experience and reach back, man. Like and and talk about it. Yeah. That is so good. And that is something that, um, the pastor of my church has said a lot too, is that like, there is so much darkness and this, and Satan wants to use, like, let's just name it. Satan wants to use social media 
and yeah. the internets uh, to pull people away from the Lord. I mean, just look at the number one sites that are visited on the internet, internets, and it's their pornography. It's pornography. Yeah. It's pornography, yeah. and then Google, like, <laughs> and probably yeah. Google to Perhaps. Google to find pornography. Um, Correct. So, like, let's just name it. And he's like, oh. one of the things that I believe we as the church can do is redeem technology, and Oof. it's not about saying like, oh, well, I'm not gonna use that platform. It's like, no, no, no. That's actually what Satan wants you to do. Because when yeah. he drowns out the positivity and he drowns yeah. out the light of the Lord on social media, yeah. then 100%. his his voice just gets louder. So that is such a great point. And just, and that was, a, that was kind of a reminder to me. So I appreciate it. you kind of preaching to me a little bit there. It's just to remind oh. like that we have the power and God has given us a platform to use it um, and to steward it well. Man. Okay. Okay. So we talked a little bit about the double life. Hey. So I want to talk about that because that is, that goes right along with social media is a lot yeah. of times you see this life that somebody might be living mm. and it might look real great on social media, but on yeah. the out on the inside, it's not so much. And I think we saw that a lot in 2020 where there were really prominent people who had these, what people would think are picture perfect lives mm. who went who announced divorces who announced yeah. uh all kinds of stuff that they were really hiding these things for so long and yeah. they were just covering it up on social media it just became this this double life speak to that a little bit because i know that that was something that you really struggled with yeah i think the first thing i want to do is is really define this double life you know i think for me Oh gosh, so many years, probably 25 years, quite honestly, of living a double life. What that meant for me was I would show up to school, captain of the cheerleading team, step team, debate team, you know, thespian society, acting, all these things. Got pretty good grades, A's and B's kind of thing, maybe a couple of little Z's here and there. Um, but but then would go and sneak out of my parents' house to be with a boy four or five years older than me that they didn't know about would pretend that I was going out with an innocent, cutie little boy. He would come pick me up, meet my parents. Then I'd tell him to drop me off around the corner and I'd go with the guy that I was actually dating. Like, I mean, working in nonprofits, boys and girls clubs throughout college, going to party all night, sleep with different guys. I mean, it was just quite honestly, this balance of, you know, accolades and getting my confidence from accolades and performing and doing well and seeking validation in all the wrong places. And that was my life for a very long time. It kept the same. Even when I got saved, I was working in the church, serving with the youth, going home, doors ripped off the hinges from arguments with my ex-husband, holes punched in the walls. But look at us on social media. We're perfect. Look at us. The double life, in my personal opinion, is the difference between a fan and a follower of Jesus. Mm. And it is, I like to say I'm a Christian and I will raise my hands and lift my hands on a Sunday morning, but that's all I got. Monday through Saturday, I'm not in deep intentional relationship with him. I'm not living a life of sanctification, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. What I don't want to confuse the double life with is people having boundaries to not include you in every personal aspect of their lives. Mm. That's not bad. Sometimes you have people who have healthy boundaries and ain't about to post all their marital issues on social media. And it may be surprising that they get a divorce or transition from the relationship, et cetera, et cetera. 
And I think you can tell the difference between those people. But I think internally, we should be asking ourselves, am I a fan or a follower? Am I standing on the shores? Am I in the side on the sidelines saying, yes, I love Jesus, but not living that out daily? And I just honestly think that the more we can answer that question, honestly, the less we would see people fall. And for ourselves, like, don't don't try to answer that for everybody else. Like, oh, I can name a couple followers. I can name a couple <laughs> fans. No, 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 sis. Mm-hmm. Get, what, the plank out, get the plank out your own eye first. Thank you. Name it for yourself and name it every day because we can easily drift mm-hmm. from follower to fan easily. Yep. Easily we can idolize other things. That's got to be our daily question. Um, and I think that helps with that mm. like double life type thing. Yeah. I really appreciate the distinction that you made between like the the genuineness of living a double life (laughs) or I guess I should say the the not genuineness of living a double Ah, life and boundaries yeah, and setting boundaries. And um, that's total. Yeah, those are two very, very different things. I'm going to take a quick break from my conversation with Tony to thank our other partner of the show, and that's Mama Suds. Are you ready to ditch the bleach forever, but can't find a bleach alternative that actually works? You have got to meet this extra strength oxygen powder by Mama Suds. It launched July 15th, and I actually had the chance to try it out early, and this stuff is incredible. As you know, here on the farm, our stuff gets dirty and smelly because we're outside and we're, you know, in the garden and we're playing with animals and the oxygen powder gets our clothes clean and fresh and it has no chemicals or anything toxic or synthetic. It is incredible. And as always, there are multiple uses for this product. So not only is it a laundry booster and stain remover, but it's a great scouring agent on any non-porous surface. You can shop it at mamasuds.com and use the coupon code MOLLY to get 15% off. Now back to my conversation with Tony Collier. You started this incredible ministry, Broken Crayon Still Color. And um, there's a lot I want to talk about with this ministry in particular, but um, I love the name of it. And I know the story um, behind the name, but I want you to, sh- to tell the story because it's such a, um, as a mom, I-, I really appreciate the story, but it is so beautiful. So tell us the story about the name behind Broken Crayon Still Color. Yeah. Long story short, I was picking my kid up up from school and uh, usually she like runs to me right after school, like mom, oh my gosh. And I'm like, yeah, gosh, I just saw you four hours ago. Um, And one day she just didn't walk up to me, run up to me. And I asked the teacher, I was like, hey, where she's at? Is she everything good? She was like, man, you know, we gave, you know, Dylan some, some crayons and gosh, she's just really taking a liking to it. And so I get so excited because I'm a three on the Enneagram. I'm like, Oh, the next Picasso coming in hot. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Graphic artist. I don't know. Okay. So I take her to target and I get the like 64 box of crayons and I get like that easel thing. It's like dry erase on one side, chalkboard on the other side type situation, color and books. I mean, the whole thing, a little craft paper. I mean, it was crazy. I get home, I set Dylan up in the living room and I'm going to cook dinner and I come back and sis has quite honestly just like (laughs) robbed these crayons of their dignity. I mean, all their little clothes were off. They were just (laughs) broken into pieces. They were naked. It was crazy. And I like put her to bed and I'm like cleaning up all these crayons and stuff. And I'm so dramatic and I'm just having a whole moment. I'm like, this is my life. Like I am such a mess. And I was going through a divorce. 
becoming a single mom. I was go- walking through a really, really hard um, church hurt situation, lots of spiritual manipulation um, and toxicity in the church and didn't have a job. I mean, gosh, it was probably the lowest moment of my life. And I just remember a few days after that, having to write a speech, a talk for a middle school, I was uh, preaching with fellowship of Christian athletes and just thinking, man, I do not need to get on this stage. Like, I don't know, Lord, like you're going to have to kind of help me here. And so I, I just heard the Lord say, yes, I want you to do it. And then he gives me second Corinthians chapter 12, verse nine to preach from. And it, it's just Paul writing to this crazy, messy church saying, that God's grace is sufficient for them and his power is made perfect in weakness. Mm. Therefore, you know, we, we get to boast all the more gladly about our weaknesses in order that so that Christ's power will rest on us. And then I'm scrolling through my Instagram and I just run across this graphic and it just says broken crayon still color. And there was just something about that statement and that scripture of Christ's power being traded for our weakness that just stuck with me in a really beautiful way. And so I go to this middle school in the middle of the country and I preach this message for the first time and it radically changed my life forever. It was the first time that I just felt that I was just being real and authentic on stage. And I wasn't hiding behind this like quote unquote perfect marriage, this jacked up church that I was at. It, no, it was like, actually... Even in the midst of my brokenness, even in one of the hardest seasons of my life, God's still using me to minister to 300 middle schoolers. And he still wants to use me and he wants me to go get healing and wholeness and all the things. Um, but but he's still willing, at least, to use me still. Yeah. And so from there, I started, I got went on a healing journey, kind of put that message in my, my back pocket and went to some counseling. Okay. And started getting requests to do the message from people that were there. And then North Point called and I got to do the message there. And it just started expanding and expanding. And so that's how the ministry got started. Man. Oh, no. Well, it's something that I, like I said, it speaks to. And I think the reason that God has used that in such massive ways and has opened doors through that message is because it is all of our messages. Let's be honest, like we are all broken. Yep. Newsflash, like whether you think you are or not, I hate you to are. break it to you, you broken um, because that is just the nature of living in a broken world. Yep. And yep. but we don't have to let those things define us. We don't have to let those things dictate what we do in the future. That can be just a part of our story and the foundation of our story. And Like, I want to ask, like, how has it, what has the journey looked like for you putting behind all those things that could cause you shame, embarrassment, or um, any of those feelings? And the reason I say that is because that's, that's been my struggle is that even, I I mean, I became a Christian, you know, almost 11 years ago and Even now, 11 years later, like I'm still, there are still things that on a daily basis I have to forgive myself for. God has already forgiven me. Yeah. God's already, God's already, he's like, look, I, I did that. You're fine. But yet I still carry the weight of those decisions. And I run through the spiral in my own head of, ugh. If I'd have known this, if I'd have done this differently, if I'd have, you know, if I'd have, if I could have, should have, should have, could have, would have, 
that reminds me of from Sister Act 2. He's like singing yes. the shoulda, coulda, wouldas. I struggle with that still to this day. Mm. And so what has that journey been like for you Yeah, personally? Like what, maybe have even been some tools, all yep. those kinds What's of things. Good. Yeah, I would say, I, I'm going to hit on practical in a moment here. But for a second, I just want to just speak to the heart. I, I think that none of that is behind me, nor do I think it will be. Unless I mess around and get amnesia and forget everything I've been through, there will always be these childhood wounds and are now adult scars that have been healed and sealed, but are still there and so present that are used, that the enemy uses to bring up these thoughts of shame and anxiety and stress and worry and concern. Concern, not only for myself, but for my daughter. Am I going to leak on her? Is she Mm going to battle with the same things? And I think, you know, one of the things that we can stand on that I stand on practically is that God never promised us a life of perfection. He promised he'd be with us in the imperfection. Mm. And from that place, I just don't expect to not get anxious and not be ashamed and not have negative thoughts. I just don't expect that. What I expect is that when they come, there's a God that's available to me to say, God, I'm having a shameful thought. I'm having anxiety. I'm worried about this in my daughter. Help me. And I don't know, like, I feel like I wasn't taught that. I feel like we were taught these scriptures that made us feel even more ashamed for feeling ashamed and being anxious and depressed versus saying, well, we live in a broken world with broken people and we're going to battle with this stuff for the days we are on this earth, period. And if I'm honest with you, the realization of that, of the actual truth that we're going to struggle makes me get through them quicker because quite literally when anxiety comes, it doesn't cripple me anymore because I'm not under the false pretense that it shouldn't happen to me. Hmm. I should be over it by now. I, I mean, I can't battle with that stuff anymore. I went to counseling. It's over when it comes now. I'm like, all right, I'm having a moment. What are some things I've put in place? Number one, accountability. My friends, Hey, I'm having an anxious moment. Can you cover me in prayer? Hmm. Number two, prayer for my own self. Lord, help me. I'm feeling anxious in this moment. I'm coming to you now because I need your supernatural strength. I need whatever's on my mind, in my heart, corrupting my, my every move right now. I need it to be lifted in the name of Jesus. But even if you don't, I know you're not going to waste it. Mm. So God, help me find the peace that I need in this moment to make my way through it. And God, help me in the future for when it comes again to be able to process through it even quicker. But God, I know I'm imperfect and I know that I'm weak, but I believe in your power, Father. Like, that's a life Mm. I want to live. That gives me the holy tingle because then it makes God, God. And it makes me just another broken vessel trying to make it through this life until I reach peace and perfect unity with my father. Mm. And that's just that that's our lives. That's just going to be our lives. And that's okay. Yeah. Oh, so good. Tony. Okay. So I'm going to ask you, so do you watch the chosen? I'm so sorry. It's on it. Honestly, I just actually don't have time to watch TV. Okay. And I want to, I want these things. My friends talk about it. They're making jokes. They're sitting All right. memes. All right. 
So Tony, oh, I'm gonna be another right. person to just tell you that you need to oh, watch it. Okay, it's I just, don't watch a lot of TV. It's, it's literally the only thing that I watch. Um, I've heard so many things. It's, it's on its own app. It's a free app. You just download the chosen app. You can watch it on your phone, your iPad. You can like cast it to your TV. Okay. Um, but I'm a I'm a spoiler alert. And I had the CEO of uh, VidAngel, which is like the distribution company, on the podcast last year. So my listeners at this point, like they know my obsession with they the chosen. That. All my friends know obs- my obsession with the chosen. Like they I'm know. the person that just like every person I meet, I'm like, hello, have you seen the chosen? I Hi. need you to, to not see gonna this ask your name. Show. Um, Watch the show. <laughs> but there's and the, the reason I bring this up, and don't lose me now, people. Okay. Not, there is here, a story here. here that I think okay. there is a scene, and I'm gonna just it's gonna be a spoiler. I'm sorry. I want it. So there is. Uh, so in season two of The Chosen. Um, so we've got at this point, we've got all uh, the disciples except for Judas. We don't have Judas yet. And traveling with Jesus is all the 11 of the disciples without Judas. And then also um, his mother, Mary, Mary Magdalene, and then um, a woman named Rama. And Mary Magdalene is the the first one. The, the episode one of season one, Jesus saves Mary Magdalene. And so she's been with him like from the beginning. So oh, in yeah. season two, there is an, a, an episode and a scene where Mary is by herself. She's reciting scripture and she sees a Roman soldier. soldier. And we know from her story that um, and a lot of this is just kind of creative liberties that have been taken to just kind of enhance scripture. So that's in full disclosure. So she sees this Roman soldier and we know that she had been sexually assaulted by a Roman soldier in her life and all the things that she had dealt with. And so she's triggered. And so she ends up kind of leaving Jesus and the disciples and she goes into town. She takes her head covering off. She goes into a bar. She gets drunk. She's gambling. She's going back to her old ways. Mm. And Jesus sends Simon Peter and Matthew to go look for her. And anyway, long story short, they bring her back to the camp and she has this moment with Jesus in the tent. And she goes into the tent after they've brought her out of the bar and everything. And there was a lot of controversy on the internets about this scene. People were like, why would G- Mary backslide? Like, why would Mary backslide? She's been redeemed, yada, yada, yada. And um, the, the creator of the show, Dallas Jenkins, he's like, guys, that like that is it, offensive to the gospel. Like, if you think that all of a sudden you get saved and you just like never struggle ever again, uh-huh. like it's ridiculous. But the scene where Mary is ashamed, she has this moment of just like, I have you know, like you redeemed me and like I you I broke again. That's literally the line she says. She says, I broke again. And so she goes into this tent and Jesus just stands there and she's weeping and he's staring at her and she's just like, you know, like I broke. And he just he takes her into his arms and she, he hugs her and he says, it's done. I've forgiven you. Like, let's move on kind of thing. And I lost it Tony I lost it I'm watching this episode with my husband and I am just hysterically sobbing I'm texting my friend and I'm just like I this is the Jesus that I know and like (laughs) (laughs) oh again I realize like okay so sorry spoiler alert but it's and whether you've seen it or not but that picture and that scene to me was the most beautiful image of what the gospel is is and it speaks to your story and my story and guess what when you get saved it's not like a magical 
everything is going to be great for the rest of my life. I'm never going to struggle again. No, you will. But he is always going to be there ready with arms wide open to say, it's done. I have forgiven you. I love you. All I want is your heart. And that is what I see you doing with this ministry is pointing broken people who think I broke again. I broke again. And you're saying to them, it's done. Mm. It's done. Right? I'm just saying, sorry. I had to share that because that is what I see. Yeah. That is what I see you doing with this ministry Um, is is telling women that guess what? It can be Mm. fixed. (laughs) It can. can. Right? Anyway. I tell you, Lord. Sorry. I'm getting a little misty over here. Vicious girls. I'm getting a little verklempt. Sorry. Um, edges. I know. God. So I'm sweating my pits are sweating. What'd you say? I'm sorry. So uh, we just had a moment, Tony. Um, Fine. So here, so you started this ministry. I tell mm-hmm. that long story to just say. Um, so you started this ministry. What has mm-hmm. it looked like? How how have you like? I knew that you you felt called to it. Yeah. You started like what? What does it looked like for you? Did it just kind of start with one woman and then grow from there, or did you just say like, "All right, we're just going to do this"? Like, how, how yeah. did that? How did that play out? Yeah, for a long time, it was just a message of hope, and we we have that in our bio still because that's what it was. It was a story. It was my story. It was just a message of hope, yeah. and then it turned into a mantra. This, you know, broken crown, still color shouting it to the rooftops. And then I remember there was a season when people were just saying, this is, this has to be a thing. You need to put legs to this. You need to put legs to this. You need to put legs to this. And again, it was just a message of hope and a mantra. And so we decided to do a blog. We did, we committed to a full year of series with different ideas, relationships, red flags, closeness with God, vision for God with you know, 12 kind of different themes and just writing about those themes through the lens of broken crayons still color. Mm-hmm. And we partnered, we had so many great people around on the blog. And then we started getting women, Instagram grew all that stuff. And then we started getting women. That's like, man, like, I really want to know like the women behind this. Yeah. And so we started a Facebook group, hundred women, 200 women. We're at 2,100 now. And of women that just want prayer, they want a safe space to talk about the hard things. They want to say what they did wrong or say what was wrong, done wrong to them. From that place, we were like, man, we, we need to get closer with them. What, what, what can we do? And so we, we ended up taking all of our knowledge together as a team. And all I did was quite literally post. I was like, does anyone want to join this ministry with me? And then got <laughs> three women, four women, five women, now eight women um, who are like, yeah, I want to tell people that broken ground still color. I want to help women process through brokenness and get on the other side to hope. And that became like our goal. What can we build? What resources can we put out into the world to help women process through brokenness and get on the other side to hope? Yeah. And so we created a course. So eight steps, 50 videos, 180 page journal. That's somewhere on my desk, somewhere here. (laughs) Um, So we created a course called the hopeful woman course. And we ended up doing like a, a, an online conference during COVID. And we had some phenomenal speakers, Danielle Strickland, Ruth Cho Simons, all these women came through and we ended up getting 50 women in our first course group. And we walked with them for eight months, Mm. women from the UK, Canada, 
Costa Rica. I mean, it was crazy. And we were like, oh, well, that just happened. Monthly calls, Facebook community group, modules, online uh, course portal. And then we were like, I think we're going to do it again. And so then we did it again. We had another challenge. This time we had Christine Kane, Jenny Allen, Dr. Anita Phillips, Joe Saxton, even more amazing speakers. And we transitioned 63 women into this course. Mm. And so we're on our second month with them. And now we're like, what other resources can we put out there? And this is the first time I think I'm saying this publicly. I don't have it with me, but we knew that we wanted to do more bite-sized resources because the the course is like, is a a monster. And so in August, we are, I'm whispering, we are coming out with our very first devotional. Ah! It's called Overcomer and it's defeating seasons of anxiety and abuse. Mm. And we didn't just want to create a resource that was like, run to Jesus. You got this. We wanted to get very specific with topics that our women are battling through and anxiety and abuse are just at the top of the freaking list. And so we're coming out. we, We have a great distribution deal with a company called I Disciple. Um, and so they're putting it out for us. And so that'll be our first Devo. And uh, during the fall, we'll do probably our first two day in-person event, the worship night, and then a, a moment to process through anxiety and abuse with mm. different sessions. And so that's nutso. So more of that to come. We've got more Devos coming and man, it's just, it's growing and it's kind of crazy a little bit. That is amazing. Yeah. And I'm so excited for you. And I, Love how you have just taken the next step in obedience and just been like, I don't know what's on the other side of this door, but I'm going to walk, do walk through it. And so we're just going to see what happens. How about that? That <laughs> is incredible. And I will say that um, I have loved following the, um, the Instagram account and the content that you guys put out there. And you guys did uh, earlier this year, you did kind of a short Devo uh, series on your Instagram called Selah. And um, that is my family and I, we just moved to a farm. And we bought a farm. We live on a farm now. I know it's crazy. And our farm, we named our farm Selah Farm. <gasps> yeah. And so uh, it was just really, I just, I don't know. It just the timing of it. I was just like, look at you, God. Look at, um, look at you. So, um, but I, so I particularly loved that one. Um, and one of the reasons a lot of people have asked us like, well, what is the name Selamine and why did you name your farm that? <laughs> and there's a lot to it. Um, I mean, one of the reasons is we've we've always loved that that name. Um, it had the Lord blessed us with more children. If we'd had a girl, her name would have been Sela. And uh, but for us, like our prayer and our our vision and our dream for this mm-hmm. farm has been that we want it to be a place of reflection and a place of pause mm-hmm. and a place where people can come to just kind of breathe and rest um, and feel like they're getting reconnected with the Lord and reconnected with the earth. And um, we've had a, a few dear friends who have come and and uh, it was so funny. I'm, I, actually, do you know, uh, here we are just on the podcast. I mean, I'm do right, you know my friends. friend Sharon Hottie Miller? Do you know Sharon? So Sharon's like one of my my besties. And so the first time Sharon came out here, like I hadn't shared any of this with her. And she was standing on her back porch and she just looked at me and she said, Molly, I feel like this is the kind of place where people are just going to come to breathe out. And I went. I have the chills a little bit. Well, well. 
interesting that you say that because that is the goal. Um, Just ordered a say last sign. I know. I know. And so, but we, and she wasn't the only person that said that. We had like probably three or four people who had come and just been like, man, when I pulled in the driveway, I just felt like my blood pressure dropped. And I was like, that is what we want. (laughs) So anyway, so that's a quick digression just to say that I, the the content that you guys are putting out there, like it's making a difference. It is Mm -hmm. connecting with people where they are and that's all we can hope for. Yeah. Right. And so we just, thanks for saying that providing the loaves and fishes doing the best we can. You know, you're just like, here's my loaves and fishes. God, I'm going to need you to feed the the 5,000 because I I don't have it. Cause I don't, I've got my loaves and fishes, but I I can't feed the 5,000 feed these children. I'm just kidding. (laughs) You know what I mean? The children. Um, okay. So you've got the devotional coming out in August. People can check that out. Um, if people want to check out the ministry, you are on Instagram, Broken Crayons. Uh, the website is, I think it's the, it's what, the hopefulwoman.com? Broken Crayons. There's both. both. They reroute all the things. So oh, course, merchandise, thehopefulwoman.co, um, and then Broken Crayons, and the archaic crayons. When's the book coming out? Okay. So August 23rd is the date, but you can pre-order right now. Stop it. That's my yes. bir- that's my birthday. What? <laughs> August 23rd is my birthday. Tony! I'm gonna send you one. Tony! You gotta send me your address. Don't say it on here. You don't want I me know, to come. Yeah, that'd be bad. You send me your address. Tony, we really are meant to be best friends. <laughs> is this crazy? I know. Your birthday's the same birthday that's as my kind nephew. Of weird. That they, is kind of weird. publisher gave us that date. That's, that's that's nuts. Kind of amazing. Um, yeah, so that's my birthday. Um, so your book comes out on like the gra- best day of the, the year. The greatest day of the world. The greatest day of the year. Um, okay, so that is amazing. Uh, can you share the, the title? You've, you've shared the title? Overcomer. Overcomer, that's right. And abuse. You already said that. That's right. Duh. But it's fine. I'll say it again. I know. It's fine. Um <laughs> Uh, okay. So everybody, I'm going to just shamelessly right now, this episode's coming out in July. So that means you need to go pre-order it. So you need to go pre-order it because pre-ordering is so good for authors. So please go pre-order this book. Um, follow Tony and uh, her husband, Sam, who's just awesome. Uh, their work with Hillsong Atlanta, which is amazing. Gosh, you guys are just, you're incredible. Tony, I could talk to you forever, clearly. And we didn't even talk about Brittany. <laughs> so Brit- Brittany's Free Brittany. Free Brittany. Hashtag. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. So, uh, but this is the portion of the show where we transition just a little bit. I ask some fun get to know you questions okay. and then we'll wrap it up. So Tony, are you ready for the get to know you round? Ready. All I'm right. So, focused. so this okay. airs like a couple, like, I think by the time this airs, like the Olympics are starting in like two days. Oh, gosh, which I don't okay. know if you're an Olympics fan like I am. But I'm all Ice about skating. give me Ice the skating. give me the pomp and circumstance. I just I want it. I love it. So if you could win a medal in any sport, like real or fake, what would it be? Mm, I gotta tell you, I don't know why, but I really would love to win one in power walking, just to say <laughs> I did. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, wouldn't that be like the best? Like, girl, I just won. It's crazy. I got a gold medal. Like, what? Yes. And what? what did you do? I power walked. <laughs> Okay, can I take it? Tell you a very quick story about power walking. So my dad uh, is—he's seventy-seven, and uh, for well, a, I have a story about power walking. Don't freaking tell me this. Okay, don't tell me. I, I have a story know. about power walking with my dad. Okay, so it wasn't—it wasn't me. It doesn't involve me. But so my dad is seventy-seven, and uh, he used to live in Florida, like all retired people do, and he doesn't anymore. But 
in this stage of his life, he lived in this area in Florida called the villages, which like it's where only old people live. I love you if you live in the villages, but it's just, this is just a fact. You may be um, old. But he used to work at like the, one of the rec centers and he would tell me about, they had a exercise class called walk away the pounds. That's what and I'm saying. It, it was literally, I'm signing up. It was literally just, uh, like Fast a, walking. <laughs> yes. but he said the best part was, is that these, these, these like, you know, seasoned folk would uh show up for walk away the pounds and then they would walk to dunkin donuts afterwards I love that. that's what i'm gonna do <laughs> i'm gonna get my i'm gonna grab my gold medal and take a beeline for krispy kreme okay <laughs> is that not amazing it's the best thing i've ever it's heard the best thing so I've there that is yeah there that is okay sorry <laughs> <laughs> just every time I hear about power walking, that's all I think about is walk away the pounds. Well, surprise. Um, okay. What yeah. was the best vacation you ever took? Costa Rica. Ooh. I'll never forget. It wasn't like a fancy resort. None of that kind of stuff. It was literally in a neighborhood at a little Airbnb mm. situation. And I just loved it right across the street was one of the only churches in Manuel Antonio in Costa Rica. And it was the church without barriers. And this mug had no windows, no doors. You can go in whatever you wanted. And it was one of the most beautiful, just like peace filled. I was with locals. It was uh, beautiful. Costa Rica. Mm. Absolutely. Oh, man. Now I want to go to Costa Rica. I went to Costa Rica back when I was a high school teacher and I chaperoned a field trip there. But that's a conversation for another day. Um, All right. If you got stuck in an elevator and you were forced to listen to only one song, what song would it be? Oops, I did it again. Shout out to Britney Spears. Free Britney. Free Britney. Free Britney. (laughs) Um, Okay. And then my last question is the question I ask all my guests. And that is, uh, Tony, what does it mean to you to run a business with purpose? Oh, gosh. I think for me, it means to stay passionate about the things God has called you to. Uh, Find a way, whether it's taking a break, putting the right people in the right places. Don't lose the passion for it. I think that when we, when the thing that God has purposed us for doesn't break our heart anymore. Mm-hmm. You lose something about it is lost. Mm-hmm. Stay passionate. Stay passionate. Find a way. Mm, so good. Tony, this has been an unbelievable honor and pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you for being here. Thank you for just how incredible you are and how hilarious you are. And thanks for being my new best friend. Um, so. Catch us on the ranch. <laughs> uh, thank you for being here. Yay. Thank you. Friend, I would love to know what you loved about this episode or something that you learned. Find me on social media. I'm at Still Being Molly or at Business with Purpose Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. And don't forget to use that hashtag Business with Purpose Podcast when you're sharing the show with a friend. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode. If you are a first time listener of the show, welcome. Be sure to check out the archives for past shows featuring so many incredible entrepreneurs, business owners, community leaders who are changing the world. If you are a regular listener of the show, Thank you. Thank you for your support. Thank you for tuning in week in and week out. Be sure to head on over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Radio Public, Overcast, Stitcher, basically wherever you get your podcasts, click that subscribe or follow button. To click that button means you will never miss a new episode of the show. And while you're there, would you take a moment to just leave a review? Would you take a moment to maybe share one of your favorite episodes with a friend? Leaving a review, sharing the show with a friend, 
It is totally free for you. And it is the biggest help for me in the entire world. You have no idea how much I appreciate it. It just also helps me to know what you're liking and how the show is impacting you. As always, this show is produced by the incredible team at Third Wheel Media. Thank you so much for listening. Now go do something good with purpose on purpose.